1: Blow talk radio happy thursday everyone and welcome oh it's not even thursday it's tuesday what am i saying you can tell i missed a whole week of programming but i am back in the mix of things and you know what that means this program is sponsored by p4p muscle the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through chocolate ice cream, sugar, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's talk. Happy Tuesday because that's what it is. This is Desiree fletcher Carruthers, and my cohort is Kaylin Patterson and together we are P4P Real Talk Hopefully, KP will be joining us here shortly, but I am happy to be back in the mix, folks. Last week, last week was not a good week for me. I uh, I wasn't feeling well one night, and then I had a transmission blow up on me another night, and I had to quickly purchase another vehicle, which was not in my plans for the day, but it happened. I have a car. I am now mobile again, praise the Lord, and so I have nothing but good things to say. Life is good. I hope you guys are well this December. The holiday season is upon us. Christmas, about a week and a half away. Can you believe it? Hopefully the sugar is uh, not having its way with you. I know you all are eating some cookies out there, maybe a little pie, a little chocolate. That's fine. That's cool. Just keep it all in perspective. Let's try and have a, a different New Year's resolution this year other than losing weight. Although if that is your New Year's resolution, I wish you all the best, and if you've got questions about nutrition, about working out, you know where you can bring those, right here to Desiree and Kaylin, and we'll help you out the best we can. But before we get too far down that road, we have, I have, a fantastic show this evening. We've got a, a, a kind of a newcomer to the INBA, PNBA. His name is Jonathan Goins, and he is just tearing up the natural bodybuilding scene this year. Fantastic that he's on the show this evening. Jonathan, introduce yourself and say hello to Listenerland. Hello,
2: everyone. Jonathan Goins here. i um, 38 years old. I live in Houston, Texas. I'm a petroleum engineer, uh, you know, by day. I guess i wear kind of mini hats, and we'll probably get into that some of, a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I compete in the INBA, PNBA in men's physique. I actually started competing in 2016 in uh, the NPC. I did classic physique, mostly because I just, you know, liked posing. But then after about three years, uh, I moved into, you know, the natural federation. I really wanted to get involved with, you know, like-minded people. And so I did six shows this year. The last uh, wow. five and six were um, the Natural Olympia. So on day one, I actually competed in uh, junior master's men's physique. I won that. And um, open men's physique, I took second place. Uh, so that was on the amateur side. And then day two, I decided to make my pro debut in uh, men's physique, and I did get first call out, I ended up taking 8th, uh, so just out of the top 5, but 8th out of uh, 24, that was, you know, a little over a month ago, and now we're here.
1: <laughs> yes, you are, and that sounds like a whirlwind, and uh, you know, a very respectable finish there, I mean, the Natural Olympia is no joke. No joke, and especially to make your uh, pro debut the day after you turn pro, that's some, that's some serious stuff there. And I definitely want to come back to that experience and talk more about it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us back a little bit. So you said mm-hmm. you started out in the NPC. Um, so even before that, what interested you in becoming a bodybuilder? What, what took place that you sat back and said, I want to get up on a stage?
2: So, growing up, I was always, uh, you know, a, a skinny kid. I did not like weights. I wasn't good at lifting them, so I just, I never touched them. Um, but I was always pretty athletic. So, one of the things that I got involved with um, when I was in high school, and I did this all the way through college, was inline speed skating. And it's, uh, most people probably don't know much about the sport. It's, if you've ever seen, like, the Winter Olympics and ice speed skating, inline speed skating is very much like that, except it's on rollerblades. And so Yeah, yep. um, I was pretty good at that. I I, uh, I ended up being the two time, you know, national champion. So I, I did pretty well. Um, one of the events that we had was actually a relays where we had to, you know, do two laps and then push our partner. And what my idea was, okay, I can get an advantage on the other teams if I can build my upper body up so that I can actually push my partner, you know, harder than everyone else, because most speed skaters have these great legs and just sort of, you know, not really muscular upper body. So I started lifting weights and my body started to change really quickly. And um, we ended up not really placing in regional, so we never made it to national. So, you know, my skating career kind of like ended then. But I liked the results (laughs) of, um, you know, like lifting and and kind of how my body was changing and, and, you know, the muscles that I was getting and everything. So I kept on sort of, um, you know, lifting weights. And so one of the guys that I used to skate against, he actually posted sort of a side-by-side picture um, because he had sort of like stopped working out. And so he was kind of big and heavy. And so he was hitting a side chest in his underwear with, you know, not much muscle. Then he had another picture doing a side chest in the bodybuilding trunks, you know, with striated glutes and just muscles popping everywhere. And I was like, wow, wow. If this guy can do that, surely I can do something like that because I'm not, I don't have to come that far. So that's when I decided I'm gonna do a bodybuilding show, and this was uh, like the summer of 2016. And right there, I hired a coach, and 12 weeks later, I was
1: on an NPC stage competing in classic physique. Wow, that's a that's a quick trip. That's a quick. Tri- I mean, in classic physique, that's that's no small feat. Um, so, and I think this first question that we have here is going to tie into my next question because I, I'm kind of wondering the same thing, but this question is coming from Adam and he says, so you started your career in NPC. It sounds like you competed there for a couple of years. So what was it that really made you want to make the switch?
2: So I, I did, even though it was a couple of years, I did only one show each year, and really what made me make the switches every year I got on stage, I liked the, or I guess the experience was a little less enjoyable every time, and it just felt like a, uh, a very combative atmosphere, um, and I felt like You know, you always kind of watch shows, and you hear, you see the judges, and they call out the numbers, and they move people around, and they uh, put, you know, who they liked a little bit more in the center so they can see you. They never called my number to be in the center. You know, they always moved me out. So, I felt like they didn't like my physique, and I felt like I kind of didn't really like theirs. Like, I I felt like my uh, body was definitely changing, progressing each year, but it didn't look like that was something that they wanted to see. And then I looked always, you know, pretty different than everyone else. So I started doing some research, um, around, you know, natural federations and actually, um, I was following, uh, a girl on Instagram, Agnes Cole, she ended up, you know, she won uh, bikini pro or she got second, sorry, in uh, bikini pro at the natural Olympia. And she had like 300,000 mm-hmm. followers at the time. And, um, I saw something in her bio that said something about like natural competitor or something. And so, you know, I slid in her DM, not to hit on her, but to just say, hey, can you give me more like information, you know, about this whole natural thing? And I didn't really think she would reply because I figured out oh, she's got a lot of DMs. She's not going to even see it. But she, you know, she saw it, she replied, and she, you know, gave me a little bit more rundown about the IMBA, PMBA. And I ended up going to a workshop. You know, a free workshop that they put on early in the year, like I believe it was in March, and it's like they go over the um, judging criteria of every category, and they do a posing workshop at at the end of it. And so I was like, once I went to that, I was like, this is the organization for me. I'm going to do this one. So right then and there, I decided I, you know, I'm doing Natural Federation with the IMBA, PMBA.
1: And you know, that's I'm I'm happy to hear that. You went to a workshop. I mean, that's something that we're starting to see more and more promoters and, um, you know, Federation organizers across the board, whether it's OCB, um, NANBF, you know, INBA, PNBA, NGA, NGA. And it's just really beneficial. I mean, Kaylin and I talk a lot about how these workshops are just a great opportunity for individuals to get a feel for what's expected from that organization and to get tips from pros and, you know, just to really open their eyes to what competing can be like. And I feel like you're just like a live you know, living, breathing example of how positive those kind of opportunities are. So I guess I call that out just to encourage folks who are listening to, you know, if if there is a workshop in your area and you see one and you're considering stepping on a natural bodybuilding stage, by all means, go to one, go to one. Because, I mean, as you've heard Jonathan say, it can be, you know, a very eye-opening experience. And I think Kaylin... um, you were you were kind of one of those folks in that arena where you went to a workshop, and that helped move you onto the stage as well, correct?
3: Yes. Uh, John and Becky Arnold, that's why I love them so much, because they were so insightful, and they would bring the pros in, uh, and pros that were actual pros. Because I, I, I know there's people that have earned their pro card, but when you talk about somebody like uh, Stephanie Casella coming in there and knowing how to be a pro, and, and, and Misty, when she was getting started, there were so many people that were, you know, that, that earned a pro card but really didn't know how to relate to people as pros, so they were kind of standoffish, more combative than, than helpful, and John and Becky were really bringing in people that were basically engaging the, the, the up-and-coming competitors, and, you know, they were offering them in different locations, not just close to their homes, and that just blew me away that they were so forthgiving, and, and you really have to, you know, take your hat off to someone that wants to grow the sport, not just the shows they're promoting.
1: There you have it. So, nope, there's our PSA for um, any workshops out there, folks. I know a lot of them are going to be coming up. Uh, we're wrapping up the uh, 2020 season. Not 2020. Oh, my gosh, oh my 2019. We're wrapping up, up the 2019. 29- Somebody at <laughs> I ahead. am. That's where my mind is. is on the 2020 season, but we are wrapping up the 2019 season. It's pretty much wrapped, but you know, training for that spring uh, spring opening shows. Those spring opening shows. I mean, people are already in the mix. So 2020 is going to be out there. Workshop. So, so tell us, kind of share with us, Jonathan, the difference you felt from competing on the NPC stage and your first INBA PNBA competition.
2: So um, I felt like, so, I mean, I guess the biggest difference was, you know, classic physique versus men's physique uh, T-walk. But one of the other biggest differences I felt was in the INBA, PNBa, they gave you all the stage time that you basically wanted and needed. And it, it felt like, you know, the audience, the judges even, you know, were encouraging you to enjoy your time on stage. And so for me, I just, I, you know, I love being on stage, so I was smiling the whole time. So it felt definitely <laughs> almost like home, The you know, the very first time that I stepped on stage. And so I knew I was, I was already planning to do a number of shows, but after I did the first one, I said, okay, definitely I'm doing, you know, at least four to five, I ended up doing six.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, with the sixth one um, being your – Pro debut, um, yes. so you did six six shows, so the first couple if i'm if I'm remembering right or not couple, I mean five, you placed first seven times in the various categories and second place four yes. times, so you never finished lower than second, and right. um, in the three out of the five you you won so um, right. overall, so that I mean that's a pretty amazing year this year.
2: I how are not you being, how yeah the the feeling of, you, of, of of winning um you know so my first like the the first show i did was, which was the Zeus classic in September in california I competed in uh novice miviminvi open and junior masters minncevi so uh in in novice it was a pretty big class. There was, like, eight or nine of us, and everybody looked, like, pretty good. I mean, it didn't feel like, you know, we were doing anything. No, and, hell, yeah. um, and, 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 and as we got to the results, and they're calling out the numbers, and, you know, sixth place, seventh, or seventh, sixth, fifth, and they're just saying all these other numbers that aren't mine, and then they finally get to the top two, and then the gentleman and I, we look at each other, and we both smile, and we're like, okay, it's down to us, too. And then when they call his number, my mouth just hit the floor. Like I was telling people, I can't wait to see the video because I want to see what I look like because I was totally shocked when they called my number and was just elated that you know I had won. So um, that was like I guess my you know first win in novice and the goal really for competing this year with the IMBA. Um, I wanted to win my pro card, and I wanted to place top five in pro at the Natural Olympia. I know it's like huge goals, but that was the goal. And so every show was to, you know, achieve that goal. When, and so in Men's Physique uh, Open, I took second. So I didn't get the pro card at the first show. And I was, a, you know, I was a little down, but I'm, you know, thinking, okay, well, it's the first show. You know, you're not going to yeah. win a pro card at the first show. But, um, but that told me that I was close, but I need to keep working. So I went back to work and, you know, had motivation like never before. So the next show, which was literally about three or four weeks later, um, which was the Las Vegas natural and team USA, which was in the same day. I, that's when I won the pro card. So that was, I won the pro card. I basically won the pro card three times. So I won it at. Las Vegas Natural at uh, L.A. Universe, and then again at the Natural Olympia. So that was uh, nice. good.
1: That's good. And so with that being said, you know, that those are some pretty big shoes to fill going into another year, competitive year, especially with it being, you know, a full pro slate. So how are you going to be approaching 2020? Are you going to take some time off since you had such um, a rigorous competitive year this year, or what is it that you're, you're thinking?
2: You know, I'm, I'm a competitor at heart. So I, I know people will be, Oh, I'm just, you know, I going to rest and maybe just do one or two. No, I'm planning to do probably five <laughs> or six shows. And if, you know, uh, people aren't holding me back, I may do seven. Like, I feel like it's, <laughs> to be on stage and it's you know it's in the dining and stuff yeah it's not that fun at all but it's it's just a mindset that if you can if you can see what the goal is it's not that hard to do the steps to achieve the goal so I, I think that's the plan um, I'm really deba- I'm still debating about uh, when the first show will be I, I still plan to do maybe five or six but I'm not sure when the first one will be you know there's pretty heavy schedule of pro shows towards the end of the year, starting like August, September. So I know I'll be pretty heavy doing those, but um, up until then, I'm just going to, you know, keep training and, uh, you know, I'll bump the calories back up, but I'm, you know, just going to keep training pretty hard. I didn't take really too much time off after the National Olympia, like two days and was ready to get back after it.
1: All right, gotcha. Kalen Patterson—he sounds a lot, uh, sounds like a lot uh, like you, if I can get that phrase out. <laughs> and you're competitive here this year. <laughs> so are you? Are you going to be as aggressive in 2020 as well?
3: Oh, you better believe it. I mean, uh, this was a setup to see if I could do it. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take uh, the sponsorship for granted, you know, and all the assistance that you get when you have a sponsorship. So basically, I wanted to make sure. That I could be me. I mean, because like you, everybody wants or has this dream of what they're gonna do, but then reality comes in and smacks you slash, square up beside your head and your wallet, and before you know it, you're 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 speaking on things that you never could do, and because there was no preparation in it, you you, you actually fell short of your goals, which is now never a good thing, and you also tend to speak against yourself in the process because you're you're, you're starting out so well in, in how you speak and then your mind kind of goes away. So I, I applaud what he's doing and how he's taking the mindset to do it, but also the fact that he was willing to do it ahead of time because preparation sets up everything for success and bad. Uh, I mean, misinterpretation is what's called failure. So if, if you're not really sure about how you're going to go about doing things, it's, it's fine to try, but it's never a good idea to go all the way in not knowing you know, what even the first step is going to be.
2: And I and I would also throw in that um, I would also throw in that in the top call-outs, So in the first call-outs of Men's For the, uh Pro, I believe I was the only person in that top ten that has not won a pro show, like and I oh, wow. debut. So I believe every single person else in that top. Uh, the only person I'm not sure about is the guy that got seventh because I believe he's from Australia and I'm not familiar with you know how he's done. But everyone else, you know, because I studied who I'm going to be competing against. So a good 20 of the 24 people, I knew exactly who they are and what they did. So um, everybody else has done, you know, great things and has made their name, I believe, in the sport. For me, you know, I was top tile out to finish eighth. I think that's great. Now I feel like it's my time to, you know, show that I belong there and that I'm going to do that by competing in 2020. Well, I have
1: no doubt I'm uh you know, you just re reinforced how much preparation you've put into, you know, getting ready for the natural Olympia. And you probably take that same approach for every show. So I have no doubt that you will get those five and six and maybe seven shows in, <laughs> um, to, uh, in, uh, 2020. So before we get, before we go too much forward, further forward, though, I have to, I have to take us back a little bit. Here's a question from Carrie, and uh, the question relates back to talking about the seminars that we were uh, discussing a moment ago. And they want to know, what can a seminar teach you that you can't learn from your, at your home, in your home, on YouTube? Oh, there's
2: – I would say there's a lot more that the seminar can teach you. For one, you have pros there from your category that are there to answer any and every question that you have. So it could be just a small t- tweak to your posing routine that you could ask a pro, um, Hey, should I do this or should I do that? Or it could be if you're new to a division and um, you want to see, Hey, do I fit in this division or that division? You can ask, you know, Danny Kacos cause he was there. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of good information I believe by going to those and, and I believe it was free. So, you know, I mean, if, If it's, uh, you know, within your schedule, I I believe it's definitely well worth it to to attend. Yeah, no
1: doubt, no doubt. Yep, jump in on in.
3: Yeah, Um, one of the things that I learned very quick is, you know, like he was saying, you know, you you don't always know if you're going to win a a show or not, but sometimes not winning is just compounding Onto what you're already upset or frustrated about, and that's when you see a true competitor at a show, or you find out that there's certain things you could have learned, you know, beforehand to make the show more uh, competitive, and actually a, a better, better thing going all all through it. And what I learned is that you know, with the seminars, you save a lot of money because you know, if if you think about it, nothing is worse than being disappointed all through the experience. And when you go to a seminar, you get to learn firsthand and you get to ask the questions that you can not ask on YouTube. You know, like you, you there, the interaction is a lot better and it's person to person instead of being in general as you know, it, when I was asking questions, it was specific to my body type to my mindset and to what I could do going into a show and then this basically helped me prepare better so you know it, 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 you, youtube has it, has its you know has its spot but it's not the end all be all and a lot of the stuff that's being shared is marketed so you know somebody might be saying it with the understanding that my sponsor needs to get a lot of the accolades that aren't really true or forthgiving giving for the person that's asking the question if you're asking a specific question to an, uh, a, a pro that's right there in your face, you can get an honest response because they don't have to sit there and, and, and talk about their response. They can talk to you as a human being. I just wanted to add that.
1: All right. Very good. And all true, all good responses. So, you know, more more food for thought for folks that are going to be out there. So, Jonathan, so we've talked a little bit about your um, natural bodybuilding career, but I also understand that you have a uh, very spicy hobby. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about that? So
2: I guess my uh, spicy hobby uh, is salsa dancing. Um, I've actually been, you know, quote, unquote, a dancer for almost 10 years now. Uh-oh. I was <laughs> – so – uh, and, and so they kind of give you a background of how does the uh, you know a, a black guy living in the South get into salsa dancing? So I I um <laughs> I was I was doing um, I was getting my master's degree in in petroleum engineering while I was working, and so that took me three and a half years. So I you know didn't have any I didn't have a weekend I didn't have you know a Friday night or Saturday night I. My time was spent doing all of that, all that work. And so once I was finished, I had all this free time, and I was like, what am I going to do with all this free time? And um, I was in uh, Bakersfield, California at the time, moved for work. Shout out to the Baker crew. Wow, and congrats so, on uh, <laughs> So I, um, I actually, one of my friends said, hey, you know, let's go salsa dancing. And I'm like, salsa dancing? I don't, I don't even know how. And he said, "Ah, right, you'll pick it up. And so we went, and he was he was dancing, you know, with girls. He wasn't he didn't really have that many moves. He was okay, but I I watched him and I said okay, I think I got it. So then I, can I do asked, better. I, yeah, I was like okay, I, you know, I can do this. So I I asked the uh, you know a girl to dance, and then so they would smile when I asked, and then three seconds into the dance, the smile would look like you know. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, like, it, it just completely disappeared because it was quite apparent I didn't know what I was doing. And so <laughs> I got that multiple times throughout the night. So I was like, okay, I need to go to class just to, just to get enough um, of the steps so that I can, you know, just, you know, dance with when, I, when I go out. So once I went to class, I realized how bad I really was. And I couldn't believe that I was just this bad. At anything, let alone <laughs> dancing. I said, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a <laughs> black man. I have rhythm. What is going on here? So that that just lit <laughs> a little fire under me to make me say, you just okay. didn't well, have the this Latin rhythm at the I time. <laughs> I did. It was it was like two left feet. Everybody's going right. I was going left. I said, what is going? I, I don't understand this. And so eventually, I mean, it took it took a little while, but eventually, I picked up on it and. I started to really get the, the gist of it that, you know, salsa dancing is really like having a conversation without saying a word. So I have danced with, you know, a lot of girls who don't even speak English, but the entire mm-hmm. song is like seamless and it looks, you know, like a very smooth dance because I can lead and I'm telling her what to do, how to do it, how to spin, when to do this based on, you know, the patterns and how I'm leading. And I felt Mm -hmm. like it's also a thinking person's dance because you can um, think five and six moves ahead and keep your partner guessing as to, you know, what you're going to do. And so that to me was a challenge and it kind of, you know, stimulates your brain and all that. And, uh, you know, I got into, uh, you know, performing too. So the last four or five years, um, my partner and I, we would, you know, travel around the U.S. and, do you know these performances um so that was fun we you know go to the salsa festivals if 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 you've never been to a salsa festival it's crazy um you know you stay up till 6 7 a.m dancing so there's your cardio for my
1: yeah (laughs) i guess so i guess so so lenny says did he say salsa dancing they have classes (laughs) for that well, Lily, it's oh. not just salsa dancing. It's a salsa hip hop fusion performance. I'm not quite wow. sure how you break that is, down, yeah. but I, I, I bet yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so the, the thing is,
2: you know, with most, it, most salsa routines, if you go to uh, watch, you know, 30 salsa shows that are all three minutes long, they're all, you know, they have the outfits and this is the salsa song and it looks pretty similar. Our vision was we want to have the crowd remember us. So if you watch thirty shows, you're not gonna remember all thirty. But you're gonna remember that yeah. one that's a little bit different. That's got a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of salsa, a little bit of, you know, everything in there. So that was our goal and so we wanted to be more entertaining. <laughs>
1: Well, that's awesome. So what you have to do now that our interest has peaked is you have to go to the p for p Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook page and share a video of your salsa I'll, hip-hop fusion. I'll, so, I'll, I'll,
2: so everyone I mean, can see. Can, I, can, I mean, you can also um, Google. I mean, not Google, you can YouTube. You can just type Jonathan going Salsa Dancing. You'll see a ton of videos. Um, So, so right. it'll be like well, some, you, some social dancing, some some performances, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll also link one
1: too. But yeah, post them for us too. But okay, guys, so okay. Goins is spelled G O I N S. So um, if you're gonna go out to YouTube, <laughs> look for Jonathan J O H N A T H A N Goins G O I N S. You can check that out there. This question is from Sarah. She says, "Okay, so now, how does all this dancing?" and the hobby translate to your competition, your bodybuilding competition stage? So
2: the funny thing about, you know, dancing, um, especially the performance side of it is, on day one, I was comfortable being on stage. I can see people from the audience and even backstage when I'm watching other people, they don't feel 100% comfortable on stage, and they almost – they want to be on stage, but they don't want people to look at them. When you're right. doing a salsa performance, you, you, all the crowd is looking at you, and you have to, with, without saying it, you have to say, all eyes, look at me. So when you're doing your bodybuilding <laughs> routine, me. you want to say the same thing. Like, or when you're you know, doing your T-walk or doing your, your posing routine, you're posing, your smile, your physique – all that needs to say, hey, judge, look at me. This is what I'm bringing. Check me out. Try to pick apart, you know, any flaws if you see
1: any because I'm ready. That's right. And, you know, and that's a hard part because even like you guys have heard me say before, the T-Walk is not my favorite. I do it, but What's I have to work color? really, really well. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I have to work really, really hard at it. And I am far more comfortable in the mandatories because while I do want the judges to look just at me, I know I'm not alone. But when you're out there solo, it it, it really is all eyes on you. And sometimes that can be a little unnerving, (laughs) no doubt. No doubt. That's funny. (laughs) Well, and, and, uh, and we've seen, I mean, and there's nothing better than, and I've said this many times before, an athlete who's out there really enjoying themselves. And when they give you that, you know, um, aura of look at me, those, those yes. performances are always the best because then the crowd well, is like, yeah, he's having fun, I'm going to have fun. And, and, and that's what they really want to come and see.
3: Yes. Uh, that, what I wanted to add to that is stage presence is part of the criteria right so yes. you know as much as it as it's uh, it's great to have it's also a must to have and i think uh, he he brought out a good point because some people do everything in preparation except be ready to be prepared to be out there and i always thought that was kind of uh funny especially when you have people that have these coaches that have supposed to have been with them that whole time and if you're not preparing them for that day, I mean, you, you. It's great to prepare them for the day, but then get them to the day and not have them prepared for it. It's kind of funny because, like, that's the most awkward time. And if you're not basically breaking down those walls and preparing them for them to be out there, it, it's sometimes it's over. It, it's just overwhelming. And and to watch somebody fall apart, you know, like a lot of times uh, when you know everybody's fine until it's time to get on stage. And I I remember at the Great Lake Supernatural, we had a person faint. Because the, the enormity of what was about to happen, it hit them so hard all at once that they just fell out. And thankfully, it was people that, we, you know, <laughs> lined up front and back to where we could get them. Really. And Des, you might remember that because you were at that show as well, but I don't know if you were backstage or if you were in the audience, but a lot of people heard the commotion. They just didn't know what was going on. And it was just because the guy had realized it's time to get on stage now. Oh, my God. And then he just went straight to the floor. But, you know, thankfully we were there to catch
1: him. Oh, my gosh. And I'm not laughing because he fainted. It's just the way Kalen said it. It struck me as funny that he just fell out. And literally he did. And my next thought is he probably needed some water on top of that. But, Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I can definitely see how being on the salsa stage in, you know, numerous, numerous States across the U S would help just give you that little extra boost and confidence. So do you, you know, tie in any of that hip hop fusion into your, um, your performance, your T-walk? Um,
2: so if you, if you, Seeing my my t walk, it's actually a, it's a little bit different than kind of what everyone else does. It's it's a little bit more for me. I feel like at least it it flows a little bit more. So you never really just see me taking five, six, seven steps and just walking to one side. I'm like gliding, sliding, or turning, or you know, not to like twirling, but just kind of turning or something. <laughs> just I'm doing a little. It's okay something. if you're twirling. <laughs> well, it's okay. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> well, it's okay just you can the, twirl. I'm just trying to paint the picture <laughs> Got you, <laughs> but, um but yeah you know I, I, I do a little something a little bit uh, different little and ball. kind of throw in yeah you know just kind of throw I in do. some different poses that make my physique you know stand out a little bit um, at least what I think it does so um, yeah I, I, I try to do that but I'm you know I'm not on stage doing MC Hammer or nothing like that
1: Oh, well, I don't God. think he had a salsa hip hop version. And ladies, ladies, it's Jonathan Goins. Goins, sorry. See, I told you I would I would mess it up somewhere. Point. I had all these different uh, renditions of Goins in my head before before the show. But G O I N S. Go to YouTube. Right. Go to Facebook. Jonathan Goins. That's where you're going to find some videos if if you're looking. So salsa twirling, t walk twirling. It's all out there. It's all out there. You find it. So <laughs> yes. next question. But he is going to post something for us at some point on the p for p Real Talk Facebook page, so check back there. Be sure to like it while you're there. Um, and, yeah, so well, hopefully he'll have that there by the, by the time the night is over. Um, maybe not before the call is you know. over, but before the night is over. But, uh, okay, next question from Jacob. He wants to know, how was your experience at the natural oak?
2: Uh, it was my first one. Um, I actually watched the Natural Olympia on YouTube, uh, 2018, and I saw it, and I thought, this, I this looks so cool. I definitely want to be a part of this. And so being, you know, in the middle of it is definitely a different experience as opposed to watching it. It was awesome. I mean, the energy backstage, the physiques, everyone looked incredible. Like the amateurs, I would say even, you know, so day one was, you know, the amateurs, um, and so, you know, like I competed, um, you know, in men's physique, uh, open and that lineup was insane. Like my goal was to win the, the amateur men's physique open. And when I saw all the guys who I was going to be competing against, again, my mouth dropped. I mean, there was a guy that I watched win the European championships, Florian, he, he actually, you know, came and did the natural Olympia. He took fourth in the open but I mean he was absolutely shredded backstage and I was like wow I'm going to be standing next to us and and right uh, as soon as we got on stage and they're moving everybody around they put me right next to him so I'm like oh boy here we go so um, I think the whole experience I I feel like um, on stage it's definitely uh, a different experience even from other shows especially I would say the pro show that was insane how competitive it was! I have literally never competed against a harder group of people. I, I said that on the day one, and then day two came, and I said, okay, well now these guys, this this is now the hardest. So, um, like the competitiveness and how how everyone was just really sharp and, you know, kind of jockeying for positions as we were kind of scooting up. I mean, we were supposed to be backed by the Iron Man uh, sort of logo. Everybody kept scooting up. We were right at the ed- edge of the stage with every pose. So, I mean, and, and you had to do it because the next guy over there was doing it. And so you do it, and he did it, and everybody in the center moved up. And so now we're all just double, bubble, double uh, bicep in front of the judges. So, you know, it was, it was definitely fun and um, definitely high energy. So if, if, it's, if it's something that you are debating doing, I would definitely say do
1: it. Awesome, awesome. So the next question, of of course, is, and this one is from Lance, and it's a great question, Lance. So, are you going to be gunning for the Natural O in 2020 as one of your, we'll just say eight or nine shows that you're going to have next year? <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. That is, I want to get back there, um, and I want to, I want to be on that podium. So, I mean, I when they were calling out the top five of Men's Physique Pro and my number wasn't called, um, I stood backstage and watched the T-Walks from backstage. And there was another – I think there was maybe two other people. Denario Moore was back there too, and he was watching. I know he was pretty hurt not to, to be in that. And, I mean, I watched, and I felt sort of like physically – like I felt bad because I wasn't in that. And I wanted to actually just leave and kind of – watch it from the audience but I said no I want to stay right here I want to take in this moment and I want to feel this because on those days when you're in the off season and you're kind of oh, I don't really feel like going to the gym I want to go back to that feeling of being right backstage and saying oh you remember how that felt go to the gym so
3: yeah definitely I, I, I'll,
2: I'm going to be there
3: it's definitely a good motivator and you know I, I think that's what we need to hear more of because I'm very, very surprised and I shouldn't be after all these years, but it's, it's, we, we see such great competitors and when they win, you know, they're, they're so uplifting and so positive and, and so great with how the promoter and the show, how well it was run. But if they don't win and if they don't place top five, Oh my God, it was the worst thing in life. I hate everybody. (laughs) You know, I got cheated. I got <laughs> robbed, and I think it does such a disservice to the athletes that are on stage and do win, and also to the promotion of natural bodybuilding. Because if we love it so much, I know we, we have sooner or later you have to understand that you're not going to win every show. It's a blow to the ego. Yes, I understand. It's a blow to your pride. Yes, I understand that as well. But it should not be so damaging to your heart and soul that no one has an opportunity to feel the way you feel when you win. I think that is such a discredit to, you know, everything that the sport is and what we do. It's it's always amazing to me that we don't get more responses from what, like what you're saying where, Hey, it's back to the drawing board. You know, I, I didn't win and back to the drawing board. What do I have to do this better? Because, you know, I, like you said, there's phenomenal athletes and the good thing about natural competitions is that you get to see each and every unique natural physique on the planet that wants to get on stage. And some of them are just so rare and just so genuine, they demand attention as soon as you get out there. And then the competition starts when you start getting into the mandatories, like Ed was saying, and you see how spectacular those physiques can look in the different poses. Because I know that some people that get your attention right when they walk out on stage just with their confidence, and then there's some people are so confident in their posing that they get attention as well. So all of these things factor in before that final uh, placing is, pl- uh, is put. And, the, you know, then you have where the judges m- might differ on, you know, what different look be- depending on how the athlete either portrayed themselves to each and every judge or the lack of thereof. So, you know, there's so many factors that go into it where there's a good opportunity that you could win and there's a great opportunity that you might not. And I'm just uh, I'm kind of hoping that we can, quote, unquote, grow up and accept the fact that every show isn't going to be our show, even though we might look our absolute best for that year. And, you know, like a lot of times it depends on who shows up as to where you're going to play. And I just wanted to add that. What do you think?
1: (laughs) I think PSA noted, duly noted. I mean, it's true. And it is so true. So it's just one of those things that you just have to have, oh, sure, an understanding of as a uh, natural bodybuilding athlete. Go ahead, Jonathan.
2: Yeah, the the thing I was just going to say is the thing that I would say, you know, I've competed in um, somewhat, you know, subjective sports. I competed, you know, in gymnastics. Even speed skating, there was some subjectivity, at least with the fouls and everything. And the way that I always looked at it is, Control what you can control. You can control how you look on stage. You can control your stage presence. You can't control where the judges are going to place you. You can't control who's going to show up that day. So just go do your best, and the, the chips fall where they may. And if they fall in your favor, that's great. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a 10. That means that you were the best that day. That still doesn't mean, you know, that, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the, you're the new king of the hills but now everybody's gunning for you. So now that's your motivation. That's, that's great. But if you don't place well, that doesn't mean you're terrible either. That just means you have opportunities and opportunities are a good thing. You know, that's, that's, that's life.
1: That it is, that it is. And that's a lesson that you can carry with you no matter what in life, um, whether it's your job, whether, you know, who knows? But uh, just just good good advice to keep in mind. Next question from Connor, and I'll put this out here for both uh, Jonathan and Kaylin. Um, how does a judge know where to place the best athletes on stage?
3: Mm. Uh, so, have guess
1: well, anyone can take it first. So, Jonathan, <laughs> you may not have judged, so you may not be able to answer that one. So, Kaylin, give us the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> No, I
3: I'm not going to give the cliff notes. I'm going to give you a straight answer because this is a good question and you you got to have a very good experienced head judge and a good a lot of times they're the one that's holding the microphone. And I know that uh I got to go back to Earl the Pearl because he's one of the best in the business at making sure everybody gets their just due on stage. And any good head judge is going to move the competitors an awful lot. You in in You know, some shows, you know, first place when you see it, you know, first top three. And I I can think back to uh, uh, Steve Lacey's show, The Evolution that year, the DFAC Evolution, where the three, the top three were so, they stood out so well that basically they were asked to step out of the way so they could see who was going to be fourth and fifth. It was that kind of thing, but it was an honor to have that done, and the audience applauded because it was just that much difference between the top three and everybody else. So basically, you know, they it, 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 as a competitor, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. That should motivate you. Like, like Goins was saying, it's, it's, it should be in something you should strive to do. And if you're not trying to be that much ahead of the game, then there's something missing in your preparation. But that being said, as a, as a judge, you want to move them around because the lighting sometimes is a little off in certain areas. Uh it's very good in certain areas, and then there's uh, certain spots where there's just dead air and you know the the judge the head judge will recognize that and move them around if the if the you know the number if the number one is basically the number one then I've seen where judges have moved them completely out of the area just to see the best lighting on the rest of the group so you know it's it's a lot that goes into it, but it's not to offend or disrespect any of the athletes. It's basically in time-saving, time evaluation, and getting people ready for, you know, for, for the look that they need to do and get them in the best lighting to give their best presentation. So I, I, I respect what they do. Earl, Earl is good. I mean, he's really good at it. Uh, Keith, uh, Keith Hunter is very good at doing that. And uh, I know Newman, he, he, he can do his thing, but he, he has a purpose to it, and he's basically making sure that no one is being left out. So that's really what uh, makes sure that everyone is going to be engaged and stay in it. The one thing I do have to say to make sure that everybody understands what's going on is that you stay in your poses even though you feel you might not be in the best uh, spot because that uh, puts you – messes with your placing as well because there's, there's no off time on stage. You've got to be on your A game the whole time you're out there, whether you're standing on the sidelines or basically in the front row. It doesn't matter.
1: And I would just also add, Connor, that all of this is based on criteria. Each organization has criteria for the different classes, and so the judges should be well-versed, especially the head judge, as to what the criteria is for each class. And so that's how they determine how to place athletes and what should be the best physique in that particular category. So a lot that goes into it, and uh, part of it, it's experience and uh, just judging a lot and seeing a lot of physiques, and that, that goes for anything. So there you have it. So my gosh, so don't have a show picked yet for 2020, but you're training, um, you actually had obviously had a very successful year. So successful, in fact, that one might think that, you know, other than placing eighth at the Olympia, there's not a whole lot that you would need to improve. But clearly, you know, there are things that you are are gunning for next year. So what is it that you feel, Jonathan, that you're going to need to bring to the table to be in that top five at the Olympia next year?
2: So I definitely think that I'll need uh, better conditioning. I was um, more lean than I have ever been uh, at this, this uh, Olympia. And I, and I knew I needed to be, you know, in previous shows, like when I competed in the NPC, I was just kind of thinking, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, me versus me. And I'll do better than what I did last year. And I did, but I knew I needed to be way better than that. When I'm going up against, you know, William Long and Colin Congo and Joseph Ortiz, like all these guys come in muscular and shredded. So I knew I needed to bring in some of the conditioning um, I, like I said, I did uh, very well in that department, but I could do better um, for sure. And uh, I think I can bring, just add, you know, a bit more muscle um, because that's just going to fill out the frame a little bit more and try to keep, you know, the, the waist, the uh, small, because I think that is one of the things that I do have that works in my favor um, because I have a little bit of a, you know, size up top in this, in a small way, so keep that, but add more size, that'll give me a little bit uh, more shape, and keep the the stage presence, I may have to break out a new uh, T-Walk with a little bit more flair, um, still playing around <laughs> with that, but I got a like, long off-season to, yeah, well, yeah, uh, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll <laughs> yeah. see.
1: All right, this question is from Paul, he wants to know if you miss a classic physique um versus men's physique
2: so that's that's a a good a, a good question so the really the reason why i chose classic uh to begin with is because when i was looking at you know just doing an npc show i didn't want to do men's physique because they just you know they stand there they got the front pose and the back pose and i'm like i'm working way too hard just to do a front and back i want to show my biceps So in a side chest, in a side (laughs) tricep, like I work all that stuff. I don't want to just stand there. So that's why I did classic. I I knew I was like way too small, but I actually still wanted to pose. So the the sort of best of both worlds was the IMBA team day, because if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the only natural federation where you do get to do all of those, you know, side chest, triceps, front double by in men's physique. I know some of, at least Mm -hmm. I know there's a, a handful of uh, natural federations where they, they do, they do quarter turns. So it's not just front and back, but it's still not the full gambit. Um, But no, it's not the full posing. (laughs) Right. And so, but at some point I do believe I am going to move to classic. Um, I will sort of let, you know, the judges tell me when it's time to move out. When, if I get too big for men's physique, then I'm, then I'm going to make the jump to classic. I don't feel like, I'm there yet. I feel like I still can add more muscle and still be uh, competitive in men's physique, but I'm thinking maybe two or three years, but I, I do like the creativity that classic can, can bring with the, you know, the entire sort of posing routine. I have some, some really cool things that that are in my mind to do for that. That would be very different. I think that would, you know, catch, uh, you know, judges attention, but, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of, cross that bridge when we when we get to it. So we're just keeping on keeping on, keeping on.
1: Keep it on, keep it on. And don't forget those legs that are currently hiding yeah. under your board shorts because you'll you'll need those <laughs> when you do transition <laughs> to classic physique. That's right. <laughs> so very good, very good. Well I mean, you know, this 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 is a good a good story I think of growth of perseverance, of not letting success get to your head to the extent where you feel like, you know, that you, that you can't come in second or in a lower place, but that there's still room for improvement and just enjoying the love of the sport on the way. Um, what words of motivation, um, encouragement would you give to someone who is just getting started in the sport?
2: I would say, honestly, I would say pick, um, you know, set a date, pick a show or a number of shows that are, you know, within the future and that are, you know, realistic that you can achieve. And go ahead and pay the entry fee because a lot of times people will say, oh, okay, I'm going to do this show. And then they go about doing it and the time is clicking, coming, coming closer, coming closer, and then they don't do it. But i tell you what. Nothing puts your feet to the fire like money if you put your money in and you already know that hey i 'm going to be out two or three hundred dollars if i don 't do this you 're going to get in gear and really start working so you know that was my that was my thing like I knew what the plan was, no matter kind of how things were going in the beginning. I knew I was going to do those these five shows or six shows, and already had it planned out um, the 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 question that I got from. Some people was that, you know, I got my pro card in my second show, but I still competed as an amateur all the way up until National Olympia. And so people were like, well, why did you do that? I mean, you got your pro card. Most people are loving wanting to be a pro and leave the amateurs behind. Um, and my thing was I didn't know I was going to get my pro card in the second one, and I had already paid, you know, to be in all these other shows um, as an amateur. And you don't necessarily have to compete as a pro as soon as you win the pro park. And I wouldn't have been able to compete in the Natural Olympia as an amateur if I'd had done a show earlier as a pro. So the whole the plan was to do my pro debut at the Natural Olympia, which was, I mean, the hardest pro show there is of the year. So, you know, looking back and like, oh, was that smart or not? I don't know. I I think it was, but it was uh it was definitely a tough pill to swallow when you uh you know come out not really in that first call out and then the thing was I, I knew I mean sorry, uh not in the top five. So I knew I was in the first call outs, but I didn't know where I was. I was, you know, somewhere between I didn't feel like I was six somewhere between seventh and eleventh. So uh up until you know the result came out, which was I was like, you know, waiting for I don't know, paint to dry to see when they would uh post the results to see exactly <laughs> where I finished. So I'm like, where did I finish? So um yeah, so uh, I guess back to the actually original question. Pick a show, put your money in and and then, you know, get to work.
1: There you have it. And that is a fantastic note to end on. Jonathan, I just wanna say thanks so much for showing uh, showing, sharing with us tonight and joining us on the show. It's been fantastic. Also, thank you for listening to the show. That is always heartwarming as well. So appreciate everything that uh, you've given us to think about. And I know folks out there, they're, they're nodding their heads and they're like, yeah, this, this guy is on the money. So thanks so much for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you. This was, this was awesome. Thanks, thanks very much for having me.
1: All right. And definitely, hey, and keep us posted. We'll be keeping our eye out for you, and uh, hopefully we'll reconnect in 2020 and see how all those shows are going.
2: (laughs) Yes, definitely.
1: And I will be posting the (laughs) links tonight. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, guys, that was uh, Jonathan Gowen's INBA PNBA Men's Physique Pro. I want to call your attention to another show that is getting ready to uh, come on. So uh, Kalen ducked out a little bit early tonight because he is going to be on It's an Amazing Life. We Live radio show. It's hosted by Anna Marie Tabo. So we've had her on the show before as well. She is a natural bikini competitor, and she also has her own show on Spotify. So tonight, Kaylin and Denario Moore are going to be joining her on This Amazing Life We Live. So check them out on Spotify. It's going to start 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. They're all in Chicago. So I'm sure they are going to be talking about natural bodybuilding and all of the alike. I know that they are getting ready at uh, iHeartRadio. So that is exciting. Be sure to tune in and show them some love. And also be sure to tune in this Thursday on p for p Real Talk with Desiree and Kalen, where we will be bringing you more of natural bodybuilding, more natural athletes, and uh, you know we always have to plug health and wellness, and uh, I'll go ahead and say it, snickerdoodle, snickerdoodle shout out uh, in Kaylin's absence. So on behalf of Jonathan, INBA, PNBA, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from p for p Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it.